Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. Today I'm having coffee with Max Spencer. Max is a Canadian on a mission to have 200 coffee meetings with strangers this year. And his only agenda is being able to see what mutual doors could be opened. With a strong background in sales, he learned the power of a strong network early on and has been working hard to develop an international network so that there's always a connection that could be made. Max, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for uh, inviting me on here. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and things are good. It's a, it's a nice sunny day here in Calgary, Alberta, so I can't complain too much. How are you doing? I'm doing well here in Houston, Texas today, and it is already smoldering hot and a little cloudy out today, so the humidity is flowing. Uh, but it's a great day, and I'm so glad to have you here. What's new in your world, and what have you been up to? Uh, honestly, right now, it's, it's I'm in a really exciting season. Especially with, uh, I got, I got put in contact with a, a local guy here since last time we talked. Uh, he's starting a, a, a new business. Um, I'm not really at liberty to share too much on it, but it's been a really cool opportunity to be brought on as a business developer. And yeah, just going to be taking kind of the, the reins on the sales side of things. Um, just a really cool product involving uh, natural foods and, and really revolutionizing that. So just really excited for, for what opportunities come from that arena. How about yourself? That is absolutely incredible. I'm so happy for you because you are a natural connector and you find different opportunities and opportunities find you of like amazing things of, you know, just randomly talking to somebody and then it opens up so many doors. Here, life has been going really well. It just got back from Mexico and, you know, hitting the ground running on new content, more podcasts and like yourself, connecting with people and seeing what doors open up. That's awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm kind of jealous that you guys get the chance to go down to Mexico and, and you can travel a little bit more free. We're still pretty, uh, pretty locked down up here. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things. It depends on which state you're in and how comfortable you are with traveling on a personal level. Um, but being here in Texas, we come to the realization of you know going to Cozumel or Cancun is a two hour flight from Houston. And it's so easy. It's faster to get to Mexico for us than it is to go to Miami, Florida. So we're like, mm, the rates are cheap. Why not? Like, let's try yeah. it. Let's go for a few weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, my wife and I are going back to Ontario. Well, she's from Ontario and we're going to be going back at the end of the month here. And yeah, the rates are insane. Normally costs about $800, $900. And we're both flying out for 400 combined round trips. So got to take yeah. advantage of that. Yes, you have to go, go back, see family. It's so wonderful, especially after a long period of time away from family and just reconnecting and seeing each other and see how much people have grown. And yeah. when we look back and see how much each of us have grown over the past year as well, what has been some of your journey over this past year of you know, have you gone through any hardships or realizations of what you really want to do in life? Um, honestly, I've been very frustrated without the whole, throughout the whole thing, um, mostly because our government can't make up its mind whether we should be locked down or opened. So it's been this yo-yo effect. But honestly, COVID's been a blessing in disguise. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, obviously, outside of all the people who have suffered tremendously, 
you know, it just kind of shook things up for us. I mean, we were, nothing had changed in the last little bit. We got married, things were good. And our biggest complaint was we don't get to spend a lot of time with each other because we're both just really active people. And then a couple months later, we get locked in and they're like, hey, you guys got to make it work now. So it's been a blessing on that front. Um, and yeah, just really opened the door for more just connection. Uh, we, I didn't have any social media. I was deleting everything uh, in the middle of every, like pre-COVID, I was just kind of tired of it. And then COVID happened. I'm like, man, I'm going to need it to, to connect with people. And then, so I ramped it back up, started this mission to have 200 coffees with people from all over the world in a year um, because of COVID. And yeah, it just really taught me that social media can be actually a really great tool. Um, I think we have a really negative view of social media. It's like either you're trying to be a content creator or it's just a really negative area. So COVID really just opened it up for me to be like, hey, I don't have to be a content creator and I don't have to hate this thing. It can be a wonderful tool. And let's dive into this a little bit because I've done it from both perspectives, you know, as a content creator, I'm back on the content creating journey now. And after a while, you know, I was on the road two years ago for a brand and it was like nonstop running events, creating content, editing content. And then I just got burned out and you're right. Like I went through the same thing you did. I was like, I'm not posting anything for a few months. Like, I'm getting away. Like, don't ask me for photos. Don't ask for this. <laughs> um, you know, I went completely off the radar. People were texting me and going like, are you okay? Like, we haven't seen you post in a while. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm great. Um, but it's having that break that we need. Like when you can analyze it and see, you know, like, you know, it is maybe you are spending too much time and you need a break away or, if you had that break and now it's like, okay, let's look at it as a tool and see how it can help us and help each other. And finding that mesh, I feel like is the perfect balance. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's gotta be that balance with, with everything, but especially in, in social media and in that culture, like it's, it can be very exhausting. Especially when you're like, do I post it? Is it the right time to post? Is it is the algorithm oh, man. push this? Do I need to post another video today? I mean, it can um, like put you down a little bit and add added stress. But if you look at it like you are and using it as a tool for connection, how have you seen that impact your life? Oh, you know, it's crazy. Um, so like I said previously, like I, I went from having, you know, being totally addicted to social media and I still think I am. Um, but you know, I don't have a Facebook, I don't have LinkedIn. I, I have a couple of Twitter accounts that I haven't used since like grade 10. Like I've just, you know, scrapped all that only use my Instagram. And then I I'm using it now. Like, you know, you can't go see your friends. You can't all this. So kind of going back to it, it's really opened up a lot of opportunities that I didn't think I would have. Um, I've met some amazing people from all over the world, uh, especially in the United States, which is cool. Like, you know, if you're in Calgary, we do get a lot of Americans coming through to go to Banff and stuff, but you don't have the opportunity to connect with them. And especially like, you know, that last, last bit of 2020 was really crazy, right? With the election, all the, 
all the all the stuff that up here we're hearing is you know america's burning down you know oh right. it's all awful everybody's dying on the streets and then i'm connecting with random americans you know truck drivers real estate agents uh you know social media people like yourself sorry i don't know the title but um just really cool people from all over and they're like actually things are pretty chill like the media is really just hyping it up and obviously there are the little hot spots um but i've been able to connect with a gentleman out of australia who is really wanting to start up a, like a, a lifestyle brand uh great guy uh, his name is christos absolutely great guy we connect over just a comment on gary v's post we start chatting we jump on a zoom call at like 2 a.m my time 7 a.m his time and and we we connect and i'm like hey you know what you need to talk to this other guy that i met through social media in new york so i plug him with a guy named james in new york and or somewhere on the east coast uh, I'm, I'm the typical canadian uh, everything's either texas or new york to me uh so we connect to james and and now they're working on a project and it's just so cool i'm like man if if i didn't have this tool and i didn't decide to really lean into it i wouldn't have been able to connect christos with james i wouldn't have been able to connect um you know james again with a guy in india or hunter with a guy in india like it's just been a really cool ecosystem of like cool i've got an international network now all because i decided to drop this like oh social media is bad and just really lean into it as a tool to connect i hope that answers your question it was kind of long-winded no, I absolutely love it because like yourself, the connections are a key and connections are a key in my life. People are always like, why are you talking to the random person at the grocery store or having yeah. a coffee conversation? Like, can't you just buy the fish at the fish market and not just start some like long-winded conversation? Um, but having this ability, you know, I've done the same thing with the podcast and you're on this show now and the connections are amazing. And not mm -hmm. only are you connecting to people who are across the world who would have never met and probably never gotten connected, like you're a vital part of that, but it also is leaning into your purpose in life. And mm -hmm. you're like, you're so joyful about it. You're like, I have to have these connections. It fulfills me. And you're in essence, the main puzzle piece, like Christoph had to talk to you and you also had to talk to James and realize those connections that could be made and say, hey, I really know who you should reach out to and you should do it. And I think like we all need this more in our lives, more, you know, reaching out to others and speaking about hopes and dreams and what we really want to do. Because if you never share that, with somebody, they're not going to be able to help you in the capacity that they can. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know what it's like in the States, but here in Canada, it's felt like, especially in Alberta, the hopes and dreams part, especially is like, it's just very weak. Like Canadians, in my experience, we've kind of given up on that American dream, right? Like, oh, anybody can go out and make whatever they want happen. Um, you know, especially being in Alberta, I'm, I'm sure it's very similar to Texas, where in high school, it's like, if you're more blue collar, you're going to work on the rigs. If you're more like, like book smart, you're going off to be an engineer for the oil industry. And that's, that's as far as the dreams go. It's like, man, I, I want my truck and all that. And then you talk to people and they're like, ah, I just hope the oil boom picks up. And I'm like, yo, but what, what drives you, man? What, what excites you? What, if you had all the money and time in the world, what would you do? And they're like, I'd still work. 
And I'm like, that's nonsense, but, but sure, you know? And then you ask them what they would do if they win the lottery. And they're like, oh man, I'm flying out to Mexico. I'm doing this. I'm going to buy my mama house. So I think Canadians don't have that dream. You know, I think it's, it's been snuffed out. And if I have the chance to connect with somebody and they say, yeah, man, I, I really want to be a, a social media manager, then yeah, talk to my buddy, James. Oh man, I, I want to, I want to start my own podcast. Great. Talk to Bobby. Like it's, we need more connection in this world to, to really ramp up our dreams. Cause I think it just gets sucked out of you. So if you can meet with somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, then it can restart that and reignite that. 1000% agree with you, Max. And this is one of these things, and I grew up in Indiana, and it's the same vibe, you know, Midwest, Texas is practically the same thing. It's like, you go to school, this is what you're doing. If you start to veer off of that beaten path, they look at you like you're crazy. And mm -hmm. I was that person. And, you know, <laughs> luckily I had the support of my parents and my mom saying like, go for it. And I jumped ship after college in Indianapolis and decided I was moving abroad to Barcelona and doing my master's oh, cool. in international relations. <clears throat> and when I told extended family about that, they're like, um, you mean you're not gonna go to school like 40 minutes away from us still? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm packing my bags, <laughs> I'm selling my car, like I'm moving to Spain and that was just beyond their capacity of thinking. Like it was mm -hmm. so far out there and everything that I've done since then, you know, and starting new endeavors and just going for it and trying something new. Everybody's like, are you sure about this? And, you know, you are always brought to the right place at the right time. And I'm a firm believer in that and how God puts us in these places to connect and to live out our purpose. And you really have to face those fears and just go for it. Even when people are around you saying, are you sure about this? Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, um, on the, like the, off the beaten path, I have so many friends who started businesses way before it was cool to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, they're, these guys were all coming from good families, all had, you know, their parents had very like respectful careers, respectable careers, you know, firefighters, oil guys, um, you know, and then they branch off from that, you know, go to school, get a good job. Everybody looks at them like they're crazy. Now they're living lifestyles that like, you know, you see on magazines and, and what you really think of when you think like successful people and everybody's like, you guys are just lucky. And it's like, man, no, like these guys, just didn't listen to you that's why they're lucky like it's i think so like it's so awesome to be able to have a platform where you can connect with people internationally who have that same like mindset because then you have a, a community of people who are like hey man it's cool if mom doesn't like it it's cool if you know you don't want to go work on the rigs it's cool like it's okay there is this safety net of people who think like you and think it's not yeah. crazy to actually go for it and to achieve something and dive into something that you're passionate about. Because I feel also when you go into this path of, you know, if you don't go for your dreams, then in a sense, you're saying no to yourself and no to your purpose of what you really want to be doing and that fulfillment side. 
Mm-hmm. I yeah, I totally agree. And I think, excuse me, <clears throat> I think life is way too short to just work Monday to Friday nine to five. You know, when I was welding and, and I was in the trades, these guys literally their lives would revolve around being at the shop from seven to three, from three to five, just hang out with their kids if they would do that. And then it's just drinking sports. And then the next morning, 7 a.m. at the shop, same thing. And then you ask them how their weekend was. Ah, oh, it was nonsense. It was awful. Ah, the old woman, the, the kids, the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this is this is life, eh? Like, you just wake up, hate your 40 hours a week, if not more. And then you hate your weekend. And yeah, I think that by denying ourselves the, the opportunities and, and, and the chances to, to go out and, and do something that actually fulfills you and excites you, I think we're just dooming ourselves to a life of Monday through Friday, hating yourself. What was that turning point for you? Since you said you were in this industry and now you've branched out and now you're doing incredible things. And I'm sure you were then too, but what was the turning point for you to say, hey, I know this isn't for me and I know I have to experience this to figure out that I have to go for something else. What sort of shifted your perspective? Um. I'm a big believer in the power of association. That's something that I was really, really fortunate to learn about when I was like 17, 18. It's just like, if you look at the five closest people around you, you're like the sum average of those five people. So if they're Christians, you're probably Christian. If they smoke, you probably smoke. If they do drugs, you probably do drugs. Um, so much so that I did an exercise, like a mentor of mine showed me this. And he, he, he was like, all right, go home, write down the five closest people who influence you, figure out their income divided by five, like add it all up, divided by five, that's probably roughly what you make. And I did that and I was like, oh man, like I am these people. Um, And so I've always liked working with my hands. Um, I just, I really like that, you know, you're dirty at the end of the day kind of feeling. But it was so draining being around guys who were angry 24 seven. These guys, awesome guys, brilliant craftsmen, unbelievable at the job they do but they're just angry at the world. And especially in, in the trades as an apprentice, you don't get treated very well, uh, you know? And you ask a question, you're like, hey, I saw you, you know, used your grinder this way instead of that way. Like, why'd you do that? And they're like, oh, shut the f- up, you know? And you're like, oh, great. I'm gonna learn so much from you. Thank you. Um, Thanks and for showing the, me the ropes today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and you're like, you know, the good apprentice just watches. And I'm like, yeah, but the good apprentice also has questions. So, you know? <laughs> Um, and it was just the association, um, that, that coupled with the fact that I worked for a really not great company, cool project, great people, but just the overall organizational of it, it was very disastrous. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, man, I can, I'll be making more money in sales. I'm more passionate about sales. Um, it's easier on my body. Like, you know, I'm I'm 20, I was 20 something at that time, early twenties and, I, I felt old, you know, your back hurts, your knee hurts, you're coughing up black stuff. And you're like, man, this is not good. Like, so it was just that it was just a combination of things where I was like, yeah, you know, I got to go figure it out. And I've bounced around a ton of jobs since then. Um, which is okay. It's mostly because of COVID <laughs> getting laid off every other, every other month. But um, yeah, just careers aren't really my, my focus anymore. It's now like, okay, cool. How can I maximize the, the best eight hours of my day? If not more. If I have to go to work and, and make money doing A to B for now, but I can build something C to D, then great. If plan B works really, really well and, and I don't have to go to work, great. If 
I have to work forever. That's great too, because I'm doing stuff on the outside that, that inspires me and encourages me. So working is, is just a byproduct of that, I guess. Oh, I love how you phrase that. You know, you're maximizing your eight hours a day to doing things that you love and you enjoy, whether it's mm-hmm. work and so forth. So what does your day look like now as you're focusing on maximizing these hours and spending time on the projects that you want to spend time on? Uh, yeah, so lately I've been in a bit of a pattern of waking up a little earlier. I'm, I'm definitely no 5 a.m. club kind of guy, but waking up a little bit earlier. Um, I know it's a little bit of a controversial thing, but uh, I've been taking a course by Jordan Belford just to help maximize my selling ability. And I know people kind of get squirrely when they hear his name, uh, but at the end of the guy, the guy knows how to sell. And I was fortunate enough to be able to get access to one of his sales programs. So I've been doing that in the mornings, especially as I kind of transition more into that business development role with this local startup. If I can, you know, make myself just 1% better before I take that on full-time, then I'll do it. Um, so I've been doing that in the mornings. Then I'll go to work. I work for Red Wing. So just selling boots and helping customers out there. And then in the evening, it's connecting with people like yourself. Uh, my wife and I have a drop shipping business. So we'll run meetings for that, figure stuff out on that front. Um, yeah, that's mostly it. So it's like your work takes up X amount of time and then any non-productive hours, if, if we don't have anything great, then it's a date night or we'll schedule one. Uh, otherwise it's, it's jumping on zoom call meetings with people. It's reading our books. Uh, it's listening to like, uh, educational audios and podcasts, um, you know, meeting with other business people in the city to try to, you know, pick their brains and learn from them, just doing whatever we can to take our non-productive hours and turn in the, turning them into productive hours. And we've been doing that for the last five years and it's been awesome. And it really shapes you. And it mm-hmm. helps form, I know there's this mixed club and of people are like, but you can't make every hour super productive. Some people think like, well, you need more time to relax or you need more time for this. But it really depends on you as a person because I'm that person as well. It's like, I want to work out in the mornings. I want to spend time outside. I'm going to write. I'm going to listen to educational things. I'm going to meditate. I'm not going to sit in front of a TV screen and watch it for hours on end during the day. That's just not who I am. Uh, But when you surround yourself with this environment, it really does affect you. And it makes you want to level up your thinking and continue to grow, right? Totally. And I think it's, it's funny. Like, I like that you said that. Cause I, I'm like that too. I'm, I'm a borderline workaholic. Like, you know, if, if somebody doesn't show up at work, it's like, great, I'm working a slime shift. And they're like, we can call somebody. And I'm like, no, I'm already here. I'll just work 12 hours. But I think people hear that and they're like, oh, I can't watch TV. Oh, I can't go to the movies. And that's something I struggled with early on when I, when I started my own business, the drop shipping, and, and I started getting around this culture. I, I really got in that where I felt guilty for like playing Xbox, for, for going to watch the fights for this. And I, I would feel guilty because I was of that, like, no, I have to be grinding 24 seven. And I talked to a mentor about it and he's like, did you have any meetings booked? And I was like, well, no. And he's like, did you do everything you had to do? I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you do like, did you read it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, did you listen to your audio, like to a podcast? I'm like, yeah. He's like, so then relax, man. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I still battled with that. So I went to, I remember vividly, I went to go watch a a UFC fight at the bar and I called uh, Ray. He's 
honestly, I could do a whole hour on how Ray has impacted my life. But I called him after I was like, man, I just feel guilty. Like I went to the bar and, and I drank just a little too much and, and I watched the foot and he's like, bro, again, did you do everything you have to do? I'm like, yeah. He's like, how are your goals for the week? I'm like, oh, I'm caught up. Like I've hit all my goals. He's like, so just chill, go to the game, go watch the fight. Like if I didn't have something, I probably would have been at the fight too. And I was like, oh, cool. So it is that like, yeah, like make all your non-productive hours, but people hear that and they're like, oh, I have to grind. I can't, I can't check Facebook. I can't watch TV. And it's like, man, like just crush it so that you can enjoy those things. I agree. And it takes that balance in life because before COVID for me, I was totally a workaholic. I'll say it flat out there. It was always traveling to the next work project, you know, traveling for fun, or I've got to create this content, working 70 plus hour weeks and trying to keep a relationship going and everything else and keep up with family. And it really wears you down. But when you find that balance of, you know, it's okay to enjoy, it's okay to grind. Sure, there are days where you're going to be grinding more than others. And, you know, work's going to take more of a priority, but then it's okay to have a whole day where you're hanging out with nieces and nephews, or you take that two week trip to Mexico. Like that is completely okay. And it gives you a break and it gives you time to become re-energized and refocused and gain the clarity that you need. Whereas if you're completely burned out, you're not going to want to do anymore. Totally. Uh, and I, I don't know if you can speak to this, but I know that when I start to feel burnt out, like it affects everything. Like I, I get short with my friends. I don't want to be at work. I'll get like business emails and I'll be like, hey, I'll get to you later, which is completely out of my nature. But when you're in that, in that season where you're just stretched out to the max, I personally find like, I don't want to do any of it. Oh yeah. Especially when I was on the road. Like, oh, yeah. I could honestly tell if I grabbed my phone and I saw another work text come in into it. And, you know, we're supposed to be off the clock. It's supposed to be a day off. But in the event world, there's the standing joke was like, there's never a day off. And yeah. I would see a text come through and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I would just like drop it and like, the people on the road with me were like, what are they asking for now? Like, what do you got to go out and shoot photos of? Or what do you have to do? And I'm like, I don't even want to do it. Like, what yeah. is this? But we're in a contract. So I guess I'm picking up my stuff and we're not having a rest day today. And yeah, you, you find that not only it affects you on your work performance, but it affects you mentally and physically as well because your body's just saying like, give me a break. Like I need time to rest and you don't have it. Yeah, definitely. And I like what you said about like hanging out with nieces and nephews and um, just the opportunity to hang with like younger family. Like I think that I find at least in Alberta here, the culture is very much like I've said like a few times, it's like go to school, get a good job, you know, stick on that, on that, on that path. But if you have the chance to hang out with family and and like, you know, just share what, you know, what you're going on. And, and, you know, and if you can make it happen, then all your younger family has a, somebody to look up to and you could radically shift your family tree, right? Like, oh, Auntie Bobby's crashing it, but she didn't go to school and she didn't, you know, she doesn't have her, you know, MBA and she's not a, you know, whatever, 
high level business person. She's crushing it, doing a podcast. She's crushing it. Like in the event world, she's doing all these things that could, that could inspire them to kind of break off that, that, you know, beaten path. And I think it's really, really important to, to crush it so that you can be an example for your family. Like I have tons of young cousins and I would love nothing more for them to be like, well, uncle Max didn't go to school. Like, right like why do I have why, to go get my degree? why is that an opportunity and I feel like it more so here in Texas with family here I um, but it's one of these things like now the kids are saying I mean the youngest one of the younger ones is five and she's like oh are you recording TikToks today <laughs> and <laughs> like some of this stuff and they're like mom won't let us use TikTok but you're actually doing it for good. And seeing that, you know, there is a different side to it than what they've always seen. And on the flip side too, it also gives me an opportunity to see what connects with the younger generation as well. And it also inspires me like getting outside and playing and doing those things that you don't do every single day. And it influences you and it makes you think like, okay, well, how are they impacting me? And also I'm impacting them. Yeah, totally. Uh, I like what you said about keeping you connected to like the younger generation through that stuff. Cause like, I sometimes have to ask <laughs> uh, my coworkers or like my other friends who are younger than me, like, what does this even mean? Like, <laughs> we, me and my buddy had to actually ask his coworker who's like 20, like the whole, like this thing that everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't get it. Are we just too old? And he's like, oh, it means you got ice in your veins. I'm like, how did you guys get that? Like, what the hell? <laughs> so it's, it's a cool way to stay kind of relevant. Exactly. And I've had this a lot throughout my life because my youngest sister is 17 and a half years younger than me. So she always like puts me in my place. And <laughs> now that she's 16 and I was texting her and I was using like, the laughing crying emoji and she's like that's you can't use that anymore and oh, I was well like, that's nice to meet you okay and I was like what am I supposed to use instead and she was like you have to use the skull emoji and just like and oh. I was like well what's that even mean she's like you're dead like that's what it means this is the new thing you got to jump on board like I was like got it okay thanks yeah <laughs> That's amazing. No, I haven't been corrected on my emoji use yet, but some of the things I say and, and do, my sister's like, uh, or she'll be like, you know that you can do this and that on Instagram. I'm like, how? She takes my phone and she shows me. I'm like, oh, all right. I guess I'm becoming my dad now. <laughs> but it's one of those things like we always have to learn from the younger generation. And if we're stuck in our same lane, hundred percent of the time saying, you know, my way is the right way. This is what I've learned. This is how it's always done. You're going to miss the boat on so many opportunities in life. Oh yeah. And I'm super guilty of that. I'm very like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? But then I branch out and try things. I'm like, oh, no, that actually worked. It's very humbling, but I think it is, it's one of those things that I'm going to continue have to continue to have to learn just because I'm too stubborn to be like, oh man, like I can just shift. Um, I don't know if you've ever read, I think it's uh, Simon Sinek's book, um, Start With Why. Yes, I love that book. I'm pretty sure it's in that book where he talks about early adapters and late adapters. And that's been something that just, I don't know, like I heard a little or I read a while ago and it just been stuck with me. And I'm definitely more in that late adapter, like 
category and kind of bringing it back to your comment about social media and what shifted. I'm, I was very late adapter to like, oh, the world is shut down. I'm going to need to use social media. And then, you know, I, I jump on the board and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm meeting all these amazing people. And then it's the same with technology. I'm always like, man, I don't want to know how to use a spreadsheet. I don't want to know how to use all these things. And then I end up needing to learn those things. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Start With Why is an amazing book. I highly, highly recommend it for anybody who is starting their own endeavor, marketing, you know, really anybody who wants to hone in on like why you do what you do, it's one of those great books. And it also reminded me of another book. It's called Pitch Anything by Oren Klaff. <laughs> uh, I think you'd really enjoy that one as well, but it goes in, it into the nuances of, you know, how to pitch a product or how to pitch your service um, in the way that the brain works and how the brain can receive it. And he has worked with like numerous venture capitalist groups and investment firms and so forth and pitched like multi-million dollar projects. Oh, cool. I like that. Gonna, that'll be my next book for sure. Yeah, it is one of those things where you like dive into it and you're like, oh, that's why that didn't work before. Or here's what I need to do to focus on. But those two books together, fantastic for business. What would you say has been the most influential book you've read in the last five, 10 years? Oh, that's a, that's a, like, there's so many. Um, most influential. One of my, okay, I'm going to go with a couple of different books here. Yeah. So one of my favorite books, and I highly recommend it for anybody who's trying to transition and hitting resistance in any aspects of life is Judgment Detox by uh, Gabrielle Bernstein. And it is very much one of these, like you have to be in the mindset to go deep. And when I mean deep, I mean like do the inner work on yourself because if you don't do that, that book, you're just gonna like read three pages of it and put it down and shove it to the side. But it's also one of those that can, get your mind to a place where you're like, oh, like this is why I have to forgive myself. This is why I can't, or judging each other is doesn't work in the long run and brings it back down to another level. So that one's really good. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Chris Voss has a book as well, all about negotiation. And oh, cool. he used to be an FBI negotiator. I can't remember the title of it right offhand. So that one's really good. And then I'm trying to think. Those two have been at the top of the list. Right now I have beside me, I started this one. And it's The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Oh, cool. I've heard about it. I haven't read it though. So I just started this one by Joseph Murray. I've heard amazing things about it, but it's also one of these where you have to like take it piece by piece and not just fly through it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I always try to read. I go through different seasons where I'm reading a lot or in other seasons where it's like, I'm not reading much at all. Um, but yeah, those two that I mentioned to you are really good. Um, yeah, starting this one and it's amazing as well.
That's awesome. I'm going to have to read all three or all four of those. Yeah, like start start with a couple, see where you go. I mean, they're all very different. So like I mm -hmm. said, you know, Gabby's book is more on like yourself, um, whereas Oren Claff's pitch anything is, you know, more business. And also um, Chris Voss's book on negotiating, it can go both ways. Like it can help you in your own relationships in life and, you know, wording things as well as in business. Um, and he also says in the book, like, you can use it for good or bad. Like, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's up yeah, to totally. you what you're negotiating for. Um, but yeah, I really think power of your subconscious mind that goes deep on another level as well. And just rewriting those programs in your mind. That's, I, I like, you know, I find especially, I'm sure you've encountered this or, or maybe not, but I've been finding that now that, you know, being an entrepreneur is trendy and, and the self-help world is trendy. A lot of these books are kind of just one concept stretched out into 300 pages. So I always like asking people what books they like, what they've read, because, you know, there's a lot of these books that are must reads for business, must read for self-help. And you're like, this could have literally just been a blog post. Like, <laughs> you know. Right. Did um, it really take 400 pages? Did you really need this uh, publishing credit and residuals and royalties <laughs> per book? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I see that in different ones for sure. I really feel like those have been super valuable and like I've gifted them to others as well. So mm -hmm. that used to be something that I did a lot on the road too, where I'd find a really good book and then I'd meet somebody and they were going through something similar and Judgment Detox was one of them. And they would just like unload the story on me. And they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, what's your address? I'm buying you a book. It'll be shipped to your house. And then yeah. a few weeks later, they would send me a message and they'd be like, I can't believe it. You read my mind. This is exactly what I needed in my life. Um, so that's, these are those types of books. Um, yeah, but I feel you. I'm not going to the self-help section and picking every book off the shelf or you know, every latest sales book out there. Because when you get to a point of, you know, the different programming in your minds and also like how the world is working, you know, some of these ideas are older and the world is changing with social media and the way of emailing and cold email has now changed and transitioned into you know, DMing a bunch of people and the whole world has started to shift. Yes, you can use those principles onto new things. But like you said, you like get to a point where you're like, is it even worth it to read it? And if it's somebody that you mm -hmm. love their content and so forth, hands down, go for it, read their book. Um, if it's something that you're like flip through at the bookstore or you order it on Amazon, <laughs> read a couple of pages and you're like, I don't know about this, like, send it back it's not worth it yeah no I uh there was a couple of books that have been highly recommended and when I read them I'm like I get to chapter 13 I'm like I, I know exactly what's happening like it's fine and you know I'll, I'll either return them or or just leave them and give them gift them away to somebody who might might take value in it but yeah no there's definitely those books that are fantastic and books that you're like eh, I can just skim through this when I'm at chapters so let me ask the question to you. What are some of your top books? 
honestly, the most influential book would probably be How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, I've used tactics out of that book to get jobs, to any to you know get myself out of trouble. Um, whether that's been at work and I you know I, I did or say something that you know head office doesn't like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a, when I get really angry customers at work, just like how to like rephrase everything. I'm, I'm a little bit hot-headed, so I'm, I'm usually more like, oh, you want to yell at me? Like, I'll yell back. Um, but that book has actually gotten me pretty far in life, like just taking those things and, and, and simmering down and just rephrasing words. Um, so yeah, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm pretty sure that's Dale Carnegie. Great book. Uh, the Five Levels of Leadership have really helped me. It's by John Maxwell. He's one of my all-time favorite authors and, um, you know, content creators, I guess now, because he's on TikTok, Instagram and all that. But that book just really helped me frame how I interact with people above me, like managers and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, where are you on this on this leadership pyramid? Are you just a level one manager and I'm only listening to you because you're a manager? Or do I like you? Do I like you and respect what you've done? Like, you know, all the levels and it's, it's been good. Cause when you get heated and, and, you know, your manager's a jerk and whatever, you can kind of look at that book and be like, Oh, okay, well, you're just a level one manager. I don't have to really worry about you in the future. And then when I've had opportunities to be a leader, I can really like bring myself down and be like, okay, where am I on this? Like truthfully, are these people listening to me only because I'm their leader or are they listening to me because they like me and I'm their leader or are they listening to me because I'm their leader? They like me and they know what I've done. Right. So those two books have radically shifted a lot of things for me. Um, anything by Jocko, I can't pronounce his last name, Willinick, Willinick, Okay. Uh, has been incredible as well. He's a Navy SEAL. I don't know if you're familiar with his stuff. No, not that Jocko. one. He's, also. yeah. So he was a Navy SEAL and then he wrote a book called Extreme Leadership and it just, or Extreme Ownership, sorry. Um, takes his, like, the book is fantastic. It, takes stories from Iraq when he went over as a Navy SEAL, the leadership lesson in that and how to apply it in like a corporate setting. So that's what he does now is he teaches corporate leadership, but it's just a super applicable book because I find a lot of these books are like, in theory, you can do these things, but then he'll be like, this is how it worked in war. This is how it works in the corporate world. And this is how you can apply it. Ooh, nice. I'll have to check out all of those. Those sound amazing. Yeah. And his podcast is great too. Okay, I'll have to look into it because I have a friend who was a former Navy SEAL and seeing the dedication of what they go through and different things, like it can really impact your life. And, you know, the, I think one of the main things that one of them said is like, always make your bed in the morning. Like, yeah. First yeah, yeah. Thing, like most productive thing that you can do to start your day is make your bed. Um, but just the little things like that and the things like reducing anxiety, using box breathing, they have been through it all in Navy yeah. skills, especially during war and training and so forth. So learning from them is one of those things where you're like a sponge and you can soak up all the knowledge. Totally. And I think we, this might be a little bit more on the, you know, it's kind of not controversial, but, you know, uh, a little bit more rough around the edges thought system, but I think that we've lost that edge, right? I mean, I did eight years of our seven or eight years of army cadets. Um, and by the time I was getting like aging out, it had gotten a lot softer from when I started, when I first started, like it was very common for you to get yelled at for over nothing. And it just a way to build that tolerance up. 
you know, if, if you messed up, it's like you're doing 20 push-ups. My last year of Army Cadets, I tried to uh, correct behavior. That's how we had to call it. Yeah. Using personal, like physical training. So I was like, all right, guys, you know, like you guys missed X, Y, Z. We're doing 30 push-ups. And then I got in trouble because you can't use physical, like physical training as a punishment anymore, according to like some, some rule that came out. And I think that if we, as a society, just took a little bit more of that, you know, rigid Navy SEAL, you know, military stance on like, no, make your bed, like call your elders, sir and ma'am, you know, do these things. I think that we might have a little bit more people, like more people going after their dreams and having a little bit more of a thick skin, a little bit more ambitious and stuff. I, I think we've softened it down too much. I agree. And I see it too, as like, you become more complacent in mm-hmm. where you're at. Totally. Like, oh, I didn't make the mark today, but it's okay. Nothing's going to happen to me. Or it's okay. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. In reality, you're like, uh, just go do it right now. Like, what's the big deal? And, you know, whether it's you have got kids at home and they're not picking up their toys. And, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, you got to put pick one thing up and then you put it away and then you get the next thing out. You know, I was raised in more of a military household and my mom was an OCD clean freak. Um, So there was like, everything had its place, but now when you're like telling the kids, like, you got to clean up, like this room's a mess. They're like, oh, that's okay. Like somebody's coming over to clean the house tomorrow. And I'm like, that's not the point. That's not their job to pick up all your toys. Um, But yeah, it goes in for each and every one of us. Like, what are we putting off to the side that we don't actually want to address in our lives? Totally. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm super thankful. Army cadets was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Kept me off, you know, doing dumb things and my closest friends, like of the seven or eight friends that I invited to my wedding, four or five of them came from army cadets. Like, you know, you just, I built a really great friend group, a really great association. And and it taught me those skills that ironing my shirts, right? Like such a small thing. But then I see my buddies who don't know how to iron shirts. And I'm like, Oh, that's a weird, like little, just a little thing, right? Shining your boots. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty messy guy, but, you know, at least hanging my clothes when it's, when they're clean and, you know, stuff like that, where just the small little disciplines that it, army cadets taught me. I think that if we, we took that and, and maybe demilitarized it, but brought it into a school system, I think it would go a lot further. And I also feel like bringing it into a school system or like school environments and even, you know, whether it's parents who are out here listening to this podcast episode today going, well, what if I put one of these ideas into practice in my household? You know, it can really change the way that not only kids react to different things in their environment, but also give them the knowledge that you know there is a routine to life, especially in the mm-hmm. school system, because not all of the kids have a scheduled routine. Like inner city, you may go home and you don't know if mom's going to be home or you know, or if they're already out to work or who else is going to be home watching you, and or if your 
brother or sister who's older is going to take care of you and how to get food on the table. But when you know, like you have a scheduled routine, you're like, okay, well, this is what I do now. This is what I'm going to do next. I think that sets you up for a lot of progress in life and the ability to go far. Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm very like, I go on ups and downs on how disciplined I get about things, but I can definitely tell when I'm very disciplined and my schedule is locked in and, you know, uh, pre, pre our second or third lockdown, you know, I, I had my routines. I, I had my meetings in the afternoon. I go to the gym, I, you know, all these things and your life is just so much more streamlined and you're like, Oh, I should do this all the time. And then you stop doing that because you're tired one night and then everything else falls apart. And you're like, Oh, I wonder what it is, but it's the lack of routine, the last the lack of discipline. It blows me away. How few people have a calendar. Like, that's one thing that just blows me away. I'm like, how do you not schedule things? Oh, so this one's a hot topic for me because, you know, it's taken me a while. I'm definitely not the person that over plans, I'll schedule podcasts and things like that. That'll be on the calendar. But, you know, coming from the event world and I was on a freelance schedule and everything like it was really hard for me to plan out things because one, my schedule was always changing with work and I didn't want to be the person who was reaching out to like one of my friends back home saying, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Like I'm actually going to be home this week, schedule a lunch. Mm. And then it happened multiple times where it'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like I got called out to another project. Like I have to fly out early. I'm going to miss this. And I was that person that was like always changing things, always canceling. So I began to like hate planning and hate over planning Mm -hmm. because, you know, everything would shift and, you know, I wouldn't buy round trip tickets anywhere because I didn't know what the next city was going to be or, if something else would come into life. And that was just the flow of it at that moment in my realization. And then when my boyfriend and I started traveling for fun, he broke out these notebooks and calendars. And I kid you not, I was like, what are you doing? What what is this insanity that you're doing? He was like, well, we're gonna be here on this day in this city the next day. And what if we book flights here? And what if we book flights here? I'm like, but there's no spontaneity in that. And that's how I always traveled. was like, oh, well, if it feels right to go to this next place, then we'll go. And, you know, we only have to have hotels for the first four days and then we'll figure it out from there. If we want to stay an extra two days, fantastic. If not, then we'll book someplace, someplace else. Um, But we found that common medium of, you know, calendars are okay when you don't over plan. Um, Yeah especially on the travel side, but totally with you scheduling meetings, scheduling, like having a routine, having a routine in my life currently, waking up early, you know, working out in the morning, coffee time, praying, meditating, you know, scheduling out the Mm -hmm. day, so forth with that. Amazing. Oh, totally. It's, it's funny you mentioned like, you know, your boyfriend being this very organized, you know, thing, because that's my wife and I, when I, we first started, I was like, I don't know what a calendar is. Like, you know, she'll schedule meetings with her friends, like just to hang out. And she'll be like, from six to nine. I'm like, how do you put an end time with that? If I'm with my buddies, it's like, I come home when I come home. Right. right? <laughs> um, but yeah, she was awesome. She taught me the value of like just synced calendars and, and, you know, 
this way at least I know what's going on. Like I'm not as meticulous as like, oh, from six to nine, I'm hanging out with, you know, with Adrian and Walter. It's like, oh no, like I'm hanging out with Adrian and Walter. That's in my calendar. Um, date night on Wednesday, you know, meetings here, here and here. Cause then at least when my friends are like, hey, do you want to hang out? I can pull up my phone and be like, oh no, I'm busy. It's not these like double bookings, these. And then I talk to my buddies and they're like, oh yeah, my wife is mad at me because like I'm hanging out with my friends too much. I'm like, bro, just sync your calendars and then you guys can see <laughs> right. what's happening. And she's going to stop yelling at you. No, that's too much work, bro. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> choose, choose wisely. You know, you can yeah. make life a lot easier on yourself or you can deal with the arguments later. <laughs> yeah. So it just it's the smallest little thing that has radically impacted our marriage for sure it's just synced calendars man doesn't have to be like the world's most meticulous blocked out but at least this way we know where we are like what we have going on for the week oh i'll have to remember that when our schedules are different and varied more so but that is such sound advice for anybody who is married or in serious relationships right now, or even as a family unit where you've got mm -hmm. kids going different places and one parent knows it and the other one doesn't or everything like that, sync your calendars. It's so easy. Just click share. That's all you have That's to do. All, <laughs> like yeah. That is it. And, you know, like my wife, Sam is so good at like just color blocking everything, which is something I definitely don't do, but I can go into our calendar and I know exactly what's happening. If it's this color, it's a date night. If it's this color, it's a her thing. If it's this color, it's a my thing. Like if it's whatever color, it's business. So, you know, if somebody is more on that clerical side, then let them run with it. And then you can just input it and figure it out on the topic of like couples. One thing that we got taught early on in our relationship that fixed a lot of our problems is we have partnership meetings every Sunday where like we sit down and we talk about what our schedule looks like that week. Even it's in the calendar. We still chat about it because then this way it just kind of keeps us up to date. Uh, we talk about our finances, which I know is an uncomfortable conversation sometimes. But some days it's like, hey, if we're right on track. Some days it's like, oh, we got to tighten up the budget. Um, we talk about where we're at in business things. And then we talk about how our love tanks are doing in reference to the five love languages, which is another fantastic book. Um, and yeah, every Sunday we talk about it because then this way we're always on the same page and we can address things that, could lead to fights there because then it's like not a safe space but it's a controlled environment where we are in the mindset to talk about those things instead of just blowing up at each other you know like oh you didn't fold your laundry like what the <laughs> hell man holding it in yeah right it's like okay if that's something that's bothering me obviously if it's something really urgent we'll talk about it right then and there but if it's something that bothers me like oh you didn't fold your laundry on sunday i can either address it or i totally forgotten by then and it's like oh this it wasn't really a big deal if i forgot about it by sunday and we do that every Sunday and it's honestly been the most, the best thing we, we've done in our relationship. Well, that is such sound advice too, because it just gives you that space. Like you said, like you can literally talk about anything and talk about the important things that sometimes you don't want to address during the week. And like you said, finances for some, like some people love it and they love budgeting and other people don't even want to check the bank account. And they're like, money's there. I know it, but it's like, okay, well, this is what we've got right now. You know, how are we allocating it? And those yeah. conversations need to be talked about and not just uh, shoved under the rug. Well, especially, I mean, like our big mission in life is to reduce the divorce rate, like Calgary or Canada, depending on 
what statistic you listen to, it's anywhere between 40 and 60% divorce rate. Like, and to us, that's, you know, it's, it's disgusting. And, and we want to help fight that number. I think it's number two and number three cause of divorce is lack of time and uh, finances. It's like, well, we can, we can talk about those things and not fight about them and not make it a point of stress. It's like, Hey, we're working on it so that this way it doesn't lead to fights. It doesn't lead to, to anything. And the more people we can help on those arena in those arenas, the better. 1000%. And you are sharing it with us today. And it's such a wider audience that not only is it going to affect Calgary's divorce rate, but across the board internationally, because everybody who listens to this might take this to heart and say, oh, maybe I need to start doing this in my relationship. So that yeah. is incredible marriage advice, relationship advice, where I, or maybe you're still single and, you know, looking at that hasn't worked in past relationships and now mm -hmm. you can incorporate it into future ones. I mean, you can call them whatever you want, but I, I would strongly recommend anybody oh, has partnership meeting. Relationship wise, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I feel like it's affecting so many of us right now. And it's now going outside of the Calgary bubble and now, whoever listens to it, it's going to affect on an international level. So thank you so yeah. much, Max, for sharing with us about relationships and life in general. Uh, this has been amazing. I could talk to you for hours on things and the conversation just flows. Or where can people find out more about you? Social media, anything of that sort? The only thing I have is an Instagram account. It's a very personal account, so you're not going to find anything, you know, to... Uh too motivational or anything, you know, that you'd find on, I'm sure some of your, I went through your podcast and I saw some really cool people. Uh, so nothing like that. It's just a personal account, uh, Berta, B-E-R-T-A underscore buddy, B-U-D-D-Y. Uh, that's the only thing. If, if people want to follow me on there, that's totally cool. And if anybody who's listening to this or watching this or however, uh, wants to be one of the 200 people I connect with, absolutely hit me up. That's about it though. I'm pretty, uh, pretty quiet on the internet. <laughs> Well, that is totally okay. We all have different levels of connecting with people. So yes, wherever you are listening to this, watching this in the captions in the show notes, you can find direct links to connect with Max and definitely reach out if you feel like you want to be one of those 200 conversations. I highly recommend it and you never know who you will get connected to after that with Max's vast network of people. Max, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been amazing having coffee with you and just learning more about you and your insights to life in general. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot more fun. I was really nervous before, so I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Wonderful. To everybody who is listening and watching this today, I encourage you to just look at your routine, look at things that you are doing in your life, then maybe there's areas that you want to grow in and focus on, but maybe your routine's not quite there. Take a look at it, maybe schedule a couple of things in there and then see how that shift affects you. And this has been another episode of Coffee with Bobby and today's guest, Max Spencer. Thank you so much. Thanks.